0: This is an RNZ podcast.
1: On MediaWatch last weekend, we heard from Tom Hunt, a reporter at Wellington's daily paper, The Dominion Post, one of many papers published up and down the country by Stuff. Now, Tom Hunt is a delegate for the main journalist union, 2 whose members walked off the job last week, and some even picketed Stuff premises in Auckland, Hamilton and Wellington. Now, this was prompted by a below-inflation pay-offer, which Tom Hunt described as an insult to the journalists that Stuff claims to be so proud of. Now, just before that interview, the company's bosses had got in touch, asking to meet again, and in a minute we'll hear from one of them where things stand now. Now Stuff is in fact by far the biggest news gathering and publishing operation which aims to cover the entire country top to bottom. It also employs more journalists than any other news media company, among its staff of around 900. And the whole thing is led by and owned by its former chief editor Sinead Boucher, who bought the entire company from its reluctant Australian owners in early 2020. Now, the company that once bought TradeMe to get ahead in the online game and then sold it on for more than a billion dollars later only ended up costing Shane Boucher one single dollar. But that deal saved the company as we know it, as Tom Hunt said in that interview last weekend. And he also told us another issue upsetting the staff right now, as well as pay, is a controversial rejig of its reporting in the regions. Amongst all this other stuff, you find out... Well, there's massive restructuring out there. The one thing they did good was to have a kind of a sorry, last in, first off policy. So it meant the people who are really entrenched in the communities out in Southland, Palmerston North, Taranaki, all those places, they're the other ones kind of generally staying, which is good. But I mean, it's definitely been unsettling. Dom Post journalist and Etu Union delegate Tom Hunt on MediaWatch last week. Now, stuff management insisted that their regional reorganisation doesn't mean any job cuts overall or that local news will go unreported. But there are now fewer reporters in the local newsrooms that produce papers like the Timaru Herald, Southland Times and Manawatu Standard. Each regional newsroom will still have an editor, reporters and visual journalists, but in some, there may be no reporters at all at night or at most weekends. On Morning Report last month, Nelson Mayor Nick Smith, formerly an MP in the city for more than 30 years, was alarmed by reports that the Nelson Mail's news staff would drop from eight journalists to just three. I really did uh, choke on my cornies uh, when I heard uh, staff say that these cuts in journalists in regional New Zealand would strengthen local news. Often stuff uh, and Radio New Zealand uh, rightly calls out politicians for spin, claiming these uh, large reductions in regional uh, journalists will somehow strengthen local news is really pulling the other one. Now, since then, Nelson Mail reporter Sherry Savignon has resigned and joined Nelson Mayor Nick Smith's communications team. And the main reporter for Nelson City Council, Scaraboni, has resigned from the Nelson Mail as well. And MediaWatch has been told the Mail has now just one full-time staff reporter and three part-timers, and another Nelson News editor is yet to be appointed. So this week I asked Stuff's Chief Content Officer, Joe Norris... Can local news really be covered as well for Stuff's Papers with fewer local reporters where that news is actually happening?
0: what we've done Colin is that we've set up effectively an internal news service which is a based uh, right across regional New Zealand uh, so we've got a group of reporters who can cover any story anywhere at any time and then we also have local teams that are based um, also in regional New Zealand within regional newsrooms and that consists of an editor uh, reporters and visual journalists and they cover um, stories that are happening in their local communities they get out into their local communities physically Um, and again, those two teams work really closely together with really strong communication.
1: And is it right that the complete headcount of journalists at the company hasn't actually reduced as a result of this, still the same number of positions? No, that's
0: right. So what we've been able to do is effectively just move resources around, move move, um, people's responsibilities around so that we make sure that we've got good coverage right across regional New Zealand. Uh, For instance, vacancies in some newsrooms, we're able to cover those vacancies from elsewhere in the country. Um, and equally, if there is um, a large amount of news happening in one particular region, but it's quieter somewhere else, our teams are able to to move across and support. So, for instance, we were really struggling to get reporters into Timaru um, in the last year, and what this has meant is that um, if the Timaru newsroom needs a, a bit of help from another newsroom, we're able to do that much more effectively. It's not a kind of a beg and borrow, but this is now just people's jobs that we work across a network um, rather than within individual teams.
1: There were reporters that were, um, well, let's call them lifers, quite entrenched in their local communities that those ones would be the ones more likely to be able to stay under this system, which does mean, I think in the end, that there would be fewer local reporters working full time in those newsrooms where you have newspaper mastheads.
0: Um, that's not quite how it works. So what we did was we, um, we recognised that there were um, a, a large group of people who work for us and have for many decades in some cases, who are really entrenched in their local communities. And we wanted to make sure that as we made change, we didn't lose those people. Equally, there were some um, newer, younger reporters who were cutting their teeth in the regions with a view to moving into our metropolitan newsrooms. Those that have been with us the longest will stay connected to the local teams and then some of those younger reporters who who tend to have more mobility and be looking to move through our network of newsrooms will move into this group regional team which gives them the capacity to move around newsrooms and from regional newsrooms to metro newsrooms more effectively
1: but does this also mean that in some of your uh, newsrooms say for example Timaru that you mentioned or Invercargill both places where you have uh, daily papers that there might be night times and maybe even the weekends where there are no actual local reporters on shift at all?
0: Um, we, we've always had that case column. You know, it's difficult to fill twenty-four hour, um, seven-day rosters. Um, but what what this does mean is that we will always have someone who has the responsibility for covering news um, if it happens in that region. Well, let's
1: just take one example: uh, the Nelson Mail. The local MP, Nick Smith, he believed the number of reporters would drop from about eight based in that Nelson newsroom down to three. We understand that. You know, just in recent days, two quite senior and experienced reporters. Uh, including one who covered uh, Nelson City Council, has has resigned, one of whom has actually gone to work for Nick Smith. So, does is, is all that mean you'll find it difficult to report Nelson News in the future?
0: Um, there certainly is some irony there, isn't there? So, yeah, look, through through the process, we had a very small number of people who decided that they wanted to pursue other opportunities. So two, two people have gone to PR. One of those has moved into Nick Smith's office, as I understand it. Um, one has moved to Radio New Zealand. And then a fourth person had some personal commitments that they've decided to make a change. That's pretty inevitable when you move through a change process that people take stock of their lives. That would be a possibility. But, look, I'm really, really pleased um, we've been able to recruit a fantastic group regional editor who is Victoria Guild, who was formerly the editor of the Nelson Mail. Um, We're we're just in the process of recruiting a new editor for the Nelson Mail and I'm really, really pleased with how that process is going. And the editors themselves are happy as well because they know that they can get the support when they need it to make sure that they've got great content for, for their local audiences.
1: Is this something you might revisit if you find that actually reporters don't find it satisfying to be covering you know, regional news from regions where they're not living? I mean, I see what you mean about smoothing things out and being able to cover gaps. But, you know, in the end, for journalists, it, it may not prove to be all that satisfying to be covering local stories, but not to be where those that local news is happening.
0: Oh, I'm not sure that that's the case. I mean, journalists just love great stories. They don't necessarily have to be 1K down the road from where that story is occurring to just enjoy the thrill of covering a good story that's appreciated by audiences. <laughs> um, I think if you look at, at your own team, Colin, you're based in um, central locations and you cover content from across the country. So it's it's done really effectively. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I don't accept that that's not a satisfying job. <laughs> great Great stories are great stories wherever you're based.
1: Well, last week, uh, we also spoke to Tom Hunt about the industrial action. What's the the latest in negotiations with the journalists uh, uh, belonging to the Etu Union?
0: When Tom spoke to you last week, he described the positions as achingly close, and I absolutely um, endorse that. And we've had really constructive conversations um, with the union over the past week, and we're expecting to settle early next week.
1: He did say achingly close, but he also said that uh, he'd had a, a payoff he described as a, as an insult to the journalist that stuff claims to say are so important to them. So I wonder, has there been a loss of goodwill among the staff? Because when I think back to when stuff came back into local ownership as the result of uh, the now owner, Sinead Boucher, then chief uh, editor, you know, buying it for a dollar in that spectacular deal in 2020, a lot of enthusiasm for that. But is that still the case? Is some of that goodwill now perhaps dissipated?
0: Yeah, I I don't want to speak for others um, because obviously, you know, everybody has different perspectives. But my observation, and I move around the country a lot, I spend time in in newsrooms in different parts of the country. And look, I think our team of journalists understand that they believe in um, our mission and why we are here, why we exist as a media company. Um, But from time to time, there are things that people feel uncomfortable about. And, um, you know, we've moved through a negotiation to renew the Journalist Collective Agreement. There is always going to be rub through that process.
1: Um, One thing that has been said to us, uh, sometimes on a confidential basis by people working for stuff, by news journalists specifically, is that a lot of the focus and attention are the companies going into digital things, podcasts that are perhaps a bit more uh, glossy and um, you know involve uh, outside production and so on, and that somehow the focus of the company has been pulled away into that sort of area, and the investment, is that a concern coming back to you as uh, Head of Content?
0: Well, look, Every now and then I do hear sentiments of people who have been particularly committed to a task and they see investment occurring elsewhere, but, but as As you know, Colin, and and anyone working in a media company, you need to make sure that you're where your audiences are, that you're innovating and and making sure you're as relevant as possible. Uh, But journalism of all types is important to us, and we're continuing to invest huge amounts of resources, more, more than any other media company, in covering news right across New Zealand.
1: In the reports about the industrial action, one of the things that was said was that you know, one of the reasons you felt stuff couldn't offer the pay rise you might have liked to have given uh, to all your journalist staff was the rising costs and inflation pressures that are affecting all sorts of businesses. But you also specified something like a rise of around 30% in the price of newsprint. For all of the digital transition that's happened, are you still in that position where 70%, 75% or something of your revenues is still from subscriptions and sales of, well, let's call it the old-fashioned printed newspaper being sold in stores and delivered to letterboxes?
0: Look, print is still very important to us from a revenue perspective, and um, you rightly point out that both reader revenue via subscriptions and advertising revenue flows into our print editions, but increasingly uh, we are effectively monetising all of our d- digital audiences. Those audiences are very large. We reach a, um, a huge penetration across New Zealand between 70 and 90% in every region of New Zealand. So and and advertisers understand the value of that. So we're certainly shifting the dial, um, but these things don't happen overnight.
1: So is it is it in the region of seventy percent of your revenue would still be from print products?
0: Um, look, those numbers are commercially sensitive, Colin, but that that's not an accurate number. We've certainly shifted the dial. Um, I think that's a position from a couple of years ago.
1: I mean that paper problem is one that's not going to go away. We've had the closure of that mill in Coedau. You know the um, the the paper now being produced. I think the closest sources. Tasmania um, and yeah. I think yep. e- even even the Fairfax newspapers in Australia are not printing in Tasmania ironically because uh, they're trying to spin out their supplies of, of paper, which is a weird situation. So is the future of actual printed papers, you know some of these mastheads of yours in print for well over a hundred years the are, are they up for review at some point in the future?
0: We're constantly reviewing the print portfolio and making sure that it's still relevant for a critical mass of subscribers and and readers um, who buy through retail. Um, Look, increasingly audiences will move online. I can't give you a time frame for individual publications, but we are constantly looking at, at making sure that we're still relevant in each of our local communities.
1: It was the Chief Content Officer at Stuff, Joe Norris.